1: Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: Hey, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with today's edition of Southern Fried Soccer. Today I'm joined by Atlanta United fullback Mikey Ambrose. Ambrose was selected seventh in the expansion draft back in December after a standout career at Maryland, the Aztecs, and Orlando City. Mikey, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having
1: me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Now, what is the biggest difference in expectations that you have now for the team compared to when you were selected seventh way back last year?
1: Yeah, so when I was selected in the expansion draft, um, we knew that, we all knew around the league that Atlanta was preparing the team the right way and they were, they had a good front office and they had a good supporting staff and we all just knew it was going to be a good program but we didn't know how good it was going to be and since the season started the expansions have just totally risen, Uh, the expectations have totally risen and And now they're higher than you could have ever thought at the beginning of the season.
0: There were some crazy rumors about Atlanta United and the building of the roster and and some of the coaching names tied to the team uh, before everything was finalized. Wayne Rooney was tied to the team. Uh, Andres Gordado was tied to the team. Roberto Martinez was tied to the team. What was the craziest rumor that you heard? Uh, Well, the craziest one for me was
1: that Tata Martino was going to be the coach and I, and we got him, so that's unbelievable and it's amazing to have him as our coach but I thought at the time before they got him that was the craziest rumor I did not think they were going to get him and they did which was unbelievable and it's it's just
0: amazing now he's coached Barcelona he's coached the Paraguayan national team he's coached the Argentinian national team among his lengthy resume, the stops on his lengthy resume. He didn't get to those places without being very good at what he does. But what makes him so effective, either as a tactician or as a motivator? What stands out to you compared to other coaches that you've had in your experience?
1: Yeah, so the difference is the tactical side of the game for him. It's just, he focuses so much on the way that we want to play, the style that we want to play. And each team we play against a little bit differently depending on the way that they play. So just the tactical side of the game, he just knows it so well and he's so precise about what he wants from his players. And that's a lot different than the coaches I've had in the past who focus more on just getting ready for a game in terms of fitness, motivation and stuff. He's way more tactical when it comes to getting prepared. And how is he at, at
0: describing the game plan? Is it easy to follow? Does he, does he keep it simple, for example?
1: Yeah, so throughout the week, him and the other and the other coaches the assistant coaches just tell us player by player exactly what they want us to do so going into the game you know what you're supposed to do and the best way you can perform the way that the coach wants you to.
0: Hmm. That's pretty interesting. Now what do you com- what do you remember about the first game against New York Red Bulls because y'all play them again on Sunday you haven't faced them it's been 6 months mm-hmm. 7 months almost since you faced them. What do you remember about that game?
1: Um, that game was just so exciting for everybody. Uh, we were just basically out there having fun and just all the emotions were in that game. And it wasn't as tactical as it will be this game. Right. We were just basically a new team, new guys playing together. And it was just like, go play. This game, we're a whole new team. We've prepared all year. We play a certain style of play. And we're all used to each
0: other now, so it's going to be a totally different game. Now, that loss, or that game was a loss, it was a 2-1 loss, uh, gave up two goals in the final 15 minutes. But since then, you've become the uh, first expansion team since Seattle in 2009 to clinch a playoff berth. Was there a moment for you this season where you realized this team could do some damage in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, I think the moment for me was when we went away to Toronto and Seattle and in those very tough environments. We got two good results. We played well, and in my opinion, those are two of the best teams in the league. So for us to go away and do
0: that just showed me that this could be a really good year. Now, they did that without Joseph Martinez, and I wasn't there covering other games, so maybe there's something to that, too. Maybe I should just stop <laughs> traveling with the team. Uh, the Seattle game was like a 10 o'clock Friday night start, yeah. and the Toronto game, uh, I was at the Masters, so I didn't get to cover either of those games, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, so there's something to that, maybe. Maybe that's a good <laughs> luck charm for you all. Um, Talk about your first soccer memory. When did, when did it first kind of enter your consciousness, so to speak?
1: Um, well, I just remember The furthest back memory I have is when I was a little kid and I was at my brother's games watching him play growing up and I was not old enough to play yet but I was just on the sideline kicking the ball around and juggling and just I just wanted to play so bad and the only I was three years old at the time and the only way I could play was just if my mom was my coach so my mom ended up being my first soccer (laughs) (laughs) coach. Yeah, that was the first memory I have, and it it was a great one. <laughs> this was in El Paso? This was in El Paso, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, did um, – I've been to ask you this before. Did – growing up in Texas, did Clint Dempsey – was he an influence on you as another Texan who'd gone on to do great things in soccer?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's an influence in every American player's life. I mean, he's, he's a legend. But he was a little older mm-hmm. than me. So, I mean, I looked up to him, of course. Um, but –
0: yeah, he was a legend for everybody. Yeah, I didn't know if that if the difference in age enabled you to, you know, as you're a teenager, yeah. follow him on television. Oh yeah. And kind of
1: yeah, I used to watch him and Landon Donovan all the time. Mm-hmm. They were both such American inspirations for me and everybody around me. Now, are you naturally left-footed or yes. left-handed, left-footed? Right-handed, left-footed. Right-handed, left-footed. Very, very left-footed, yes. How did that come about? Um, My brother takes credit for that. He says (laughs) that he made me kick the ball with my left Uh every day for like three years. But I think it was just, I think Uh I was more left. footed It's just worked out well. Yeah, Uh and it has worked out well, yeah. Okay,
0: that's pretty funny. (laughs) Um, So who's the toughest player that you face this season?
1: Um, This season, I would say... Me personally it was Ethan Finley. I think he's uh-huh. a great player. He makes really clever runs in behind your back shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's a very clever winger. So I I would say he was the most difficult. What about your career? In my career I played against uh I actually played against Neymar one time. Really? Yeah, in the uh under seventeens. That was um when was that? That was the I was in California. We, we had a friendly against the U-17 Brazil team, and I mm-hmm. played against him. But more more recently, Giovinco is oh, right. an amazing player, and I've played against him in a friendly. So that was unbelievable.
0: Just how do you how do you approach those guys compared to I don't know anybody else?
1: Yeah, um, you just you have respect for them. But once the whistle blows, I mean, you just out there fighting like any other game. Mm-hmm. And you just, I mean, you have a little idea in the back of your head, like maybe give him an extra like little step before he comes at you, but you're just playing again. Right. It's just another game, so. Was that one
0: back when Namor had the Mohawk?
1: Um, back then I think he was, I think he had a buzz cut
0: back then, oh, okay. I, I don't know, that was a
1: long time ago.
0: Because <laughs> I can remember watching him at one of the youth tournaments, and that's yeah. when he first had that mohawk yeah, yeah, yeah. going on mm-hmm. that it made him stand out. Yeah. You ever had a mohawk?
1: No, I <laughs> Back then though, he was on the same team as Coutinho, and Coutinho was actually w- way higher level than him at the time. Oh yeah? Yeah, so Coutinho was running the show. And you didn't... I mean, Neymar was a great player, of course, but right. it was crazy that Coutinho was down there and now his,
0: yeah, you know, yeah. Neymar is, like, way yeah. up there. It's crazy how that works. Yeah, well, soccer's just so bizarre from yeah. all the rumors to, to the rating systems. None of it makes any sense to me. Mm. Uh, I just wish people would just relax and just <laughs> yeah. kind of enjoy it a yeah. little bit, Yeah, exactly. Know? I mean, this stuff about... That, the reports that came out on Sunday about um, Arsenal and Inter Milan being interested in Almiron, mm-hmm. for example. People forget all the players that were tied to Atlanta United. It Mm -hmm. goes both ways. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, So what are your expectations for the remainder of the season? What's going to happen?
1: I mean, we're just working hard every day. We're going to try to keep competing every day. And, I mean, we always go out every game trying to win. So we're going to try to win. As, f- as long as we can and keep mm-hmm. doing well and the home support if we get home field advantage is going to be very crucial because in front of this mm-hmm. fan base we play like another level of soccer and it's been unbelievable so if we get some home games then I think we can we can have a pretty good run
0: it seems like playing in front of 71,000 which is the expectation for the final game against Toronto that and playing in a system where it looks like I mean, at, at times, you and whoever's on the other side are almost like fourth or fifth forwards mm-hmm. uh, going forward. It seems like that makes it a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Uh Todd Todd gives us freedom to go forward as much as we want, and he wants us to be very high. He says we're forward at
0: times. Mm-hmm. So it's just a very fun system to play in. Now, I remember when we talked way back in Bradenton, you talked about how you've played in a system kind of similar to this at the youth level. Mm-hmm. But now that you've been immersed in it, How different is it for you? And is there something you had to work on this season knowing, well, I'm going to be forward a lot more than I have been in the past, whether it was shooting or crossing Mm -hmm. or what?
1: Yeah, so when I said it was similar, it was in terms of possession and style of play a little bit, but tactically, um, the biggest difference is when the right back or right winger is crossing the ball, Mm -hmm. he wants us to get all the way in the box. Mm -hmm. So I've had to work on finishing, shooting like Mm. way more this year and also the fitness to be able to go up and run like that too has been a little bit different but it's been so much fun
0: so how much do you run in a full game would you estimate now way too much (laughs) (laughs) way too much because y'all have those things on you those monitoring things do you ever go back and look at the data
1: um yeah we do uh I would estimate per game probably like 10 to 12 miles, oh. I would say. Something like that. Something crazy like that. <laughs> that is nuts. Yeah.
0: And especially when you just come off the eight games in 24 days. Yeah. Exactly. I can't even imagine how, you know, because I think Moreno has played in almost every game. Carmona played mm-hmm. in almost every game. Wolf's yeah. played in almost every game. Yeah. How many miles they put in? Way too many. Um, <laughs> well, anything you want to promote on social media as we wrap this up? Twitter handles or Instagram or anything like that? Any charities that you're involved with? Um, no. Oh, no I'm just mine that's about it okay
1: just uh, Mike Ambrose 5 on Twitter and Mike
0: Ambrose 3 on Instagram all right. And you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson, AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast, Southern Fried Soccer, on iTunes. Atlanta United will play at New York Red Bulls on Sunday, and they'll close out the regular season hosting Toronto the following Sunday. The seedings have not been determined in the Eastern Conference yet. The only one that's locked in is Toronto at number one. Two through six are kind of still up for grabs. Atlanta United cannot finish in six. It can't finish any lower than fifth. It can finish as high as second, depending upon the results of the other teams. Thank you, and have a good day. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.